You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What is going on? You are rocking with us on an all-new episode of the Decoding Success Podcast, and it is your host, Matt Labrie. I'm going to say this right out of the gate. If you are not someone that is willing to put in the work to develop and to grow into the individual you want to become, this episode is not for you. Seriously, I'm letting you know I want to save you an hour of your day, of your life. If you are not willing to put in the work, this episode is not for you. But I'm going to go out on a limb here. Being that you tuned into a podcast, I will say that it seems like you are that type of person so you picked a great episode because this individual the guest that we have today an amazing soul is giving us the keys to transform your life drastically literally from her own experiences to your ears today. We are joined by Ra Goddess, entrepreneurial soul coach behind hundreds of breakthrough change makers, cultural visionaries, and social entrepreneurs, from people that have launched New York Times bestselling books to the multi-million dollar social enterprises. Now, Ra is the CEO of Move the Crowd, a galvanizing movement of three million entrepreneurs dedicated to reimagining work as a vehicle for creative expression, financial freedom, and societal transformation. She's passionate about creating a whole self approach to entrepreneurship, and her unique methodology has empowered a new generation of conscious entrepreneurs to stay true, get paid, and do good on top of all of that. Now, Ra is a fellow New Yorker just like me, so we have some amazing times during this episode, and we go really deep into some really personal stories of hers and mine nonetheless, one of which was drastically life-changing for her. In fact, I'm going to spill the beans a little here just to give you a taste of what we're getting into today. She was held up at gunpoint right outside her home in Brooklyn, New York, which is absolutely crazy. I wouldn't even want to imagine that for anyone, and she goes into that story here on this episode. So this is really deep, really transformative work that we're talking about here today. So again, I want to give you the heads up. If you're not willing to take the advice, this may not be for you, and that's okay. I just want to be able to save you the time, but if it is, you picked the best place to do so. Now, with all of that being said, I want to, in advance, ask you a favor as we are about to deliver a massive amount of value to you. I want to make sure that you're not only sharing this episode with people in your circle, because being that we are locked down, being that we are in a quarantine, we do have a lot more, I don't want to say time because a lot of us are still busy, but you know, we can fit something like this in our schedule where we can ask ourselves the big questions, the deeper questions, and do some self-work. So I want you to make sure that you're sharing this with people in your circle, people in your groups, your masterminds, your whatevers. Make sure that you're sharing it and not only sharing it, but make sure you're leaving a rating and review. I want to make sure that we continuously tailor this show to your desires, to your needs. We want to continuously add value, and we do that by the feedback you provide us. Hey, if you don't want to leave a rating and review, that's fine. Just reach out to me personally on social. You can find all my social links in the show notes of this episode. Reach out to me. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you need, etc. And we're going to make sure that we combine all of the feedback and continuously deliver, which we're almost at two years on top of it all. But now, without further ado, we bring to you our friend, Ra Goddess. Ra, first and foremost, I want to welcome you to the show. Really excited to have you. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Matt, for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. Of course. Now, we always kick off this show with the same question, kind of to set the tone, to let people know where you are and you know how this show is going to flow. So that question is, how do you personally define success? 
So for me, success is about being aligned. You know, I, it's interesting because I, I talk about this a lot, Matt, where, you know, we sometimes have traditionally defined success by people who have stuff or by people who are good at stuff. But I actually define success as more of a whole life proposition where you are living your passion, you're living in alignment with your purpose, you're living in alignment with your values, um, you are in healthy relationships, you are um, supporting communities, you are contributing in a healthy way. For me, if all of those things are aligned, then then success is, is right there. I love that. So let, let's get a little bit deeper on that because I hear that word thrown around rather often now, you know, the word aligned, whether that's mm. like chakra talk or, or this talk. And I'm like, okay, like where did this come from? Like, what does it really mean to be aligned? Yeah. So for me, what it means is that you are living in your truth. It means that what you say and what you walk, <laughs> there is a correlation, there is cohesion. It means that there is an integrity in how you operate and show up in the world. It means that you are working in ways that are advancing, ways that are creating more life, more possibility, more opportunity for the people around you. Um, so the, the alignment for me has everything to do with what you're speaking, what you're living, what you're intending, and the way that that really uh, matches and correlates to what you say is important and what you say matters. Right. Now, I'm just going to let you know, I have a million and one questions on this topic, so we might not get further than this, but I'm really excited to go deeper. So I'm going to try and reverse engineer this. What are some signs that will tell you that you're not aligned? You're miserable. You're exhausted. Your relationships are a hot mess, <laughs> right? Um, you are doing things out of a place of obligation as opposed to out of a place of inspiration. Everything feels arduous. These are all signs. You're struggling with your health. You know, these are all signs. And on some level, all of us have experienced some facet of this or some aspect of this. You're also sitting on your full expression, meaning you're not speaking your truth. You're not saying what's really on your mind or on your heart. Um, you're guarded. You're protected. You don't feel safe in the context of the environments that you're working and operating in. These are all signs. Wow. Okay. So even deeper than that, what is your advice to someone that may be resistant to those signs? And the reason I ask this question is because, and I'm going to relate it to myself, you know, as an entrepreneur, we might feel exhausted because of the amount of work we're putting in or because of stress, or that might be a sign as to why we're miserable as well. And not maybe miserable, but, um, you know, maybe just upset. We have down days, we have up days, you know, life's a roller coaster. So what is your advice to someone that may be resistant to those signs? How could they really be woke to identify that it's, you know, being unaligned as opposed to just going through day-to-day -day ups and downs? Well, it's so interesting, right? Because what we have been conditioned to call day-to-day -day ups and downs often can be the precursors to illness and various forms of it, right? Sort of exhaustion, you know, fatigue, you know, misery, right? So I think part of our challenge, Matt, and what you're raising here is we have to slow down. And we have to really interrogate what's going on with us. We're often so caught in the busy of the day-to-day, -day, the demands of life, the demands of our businesses, the demands of our families, the demands of our extended community, right? Whatever those things may be. And we don't often unhook 
or unplug or take the breath, the deep breath that we need to, to be able to ask ourselves those more pointed questions. So much of our orientation in the context of how we've been conditioned to believe what success is, is externally focused. It's all out there. You need to be out there, right? Your standard for having achieved or not achieved is defined by what is out there. And I talk about this, you know, and we'll get there. We'll talk about this in the book, though. You got to come in here. You got to start to look at what is your relationship with you and to what degree are you listening to the signs of your own heart, mind, body, and spirit as you move from situation to situation, relationship to relationship, transaction to transaction. And so our orientation is right now conditioned to be on hyper warp speed. And so the first thing we've got to do in order to be able to really distinguish what's going on with us and understand what's going on with us is slow down. Right. That's huge. Now, I want to backtrack just a little because this is still on my mind. You mentioned something along the lines of like speaking your truth. So my question to that is, what if you're verbally speaking it versus actually believing it, right? Because there's that big difference. And I've been guilty of this myself, you know, and oftentimes, and I'll, I'll give this example. It's very cliche, but, you know, just to paint the picture for everyone that's tuned into this. Oftentimes, you know, there's those individuals that give like this amazing relationship advice, but then can't take it for themselves, Right. You know, so I'm curious, like knowing the difference between the two, like how do you actually start to believe, you know, speaking your truth or um, something along those lines? It is a practice, Matt. You know, what you're talking about is speaking versus living. Right. Versus actually walking the talk. And it is a practice. It begins with speaking, but then you need to follow through and actually engage in the aligned actions that support the speaking. You know, this is where we come back to this conversation about alignment, right? It actually brings us right, right back to where we started. You know, if what you say, and, and Susie Carter, God bless Susie Carter, beloved mentor, dear friend of mine, um, talks about the tongue in your mouth lining up with the tongue in your shoe. Wow. And that is where the work begins, is getting the tongue in your mouth to line up with the tongue in your shoe, right? <laughs> and that doesn't just happen overnight. You know, it's, it's kind of like if we think about having a health goal, you know, let's say we want to lose weight or we want to firm up, or we want to get stronger, right? It isn't like you do the one rep in the gym and you're done. You've got to be in the gym. You've got to be at it you know, four times a week, five times a week, depending upon what that regimen is, right? You've got to do the corresponding work as it relates to your diet. It's the same thing with anything else you really want to manifest and achieve in the world. The important thing to note is when we're talking, because it takes, I believe, Matt, it takes a while to really get there. You know, we think sometimes just being direct and being honest is it. And I, you know, I challenge us to go deeper. It isn't just, oh, you say what's on your mind. It's like you say the thing that really matters. You say the thing that's really important to you. 
you speak to the highest vision of what you really see as possible in the situation. You challenge other people to rise to the occasion. You know what I mean? Like, which is different. <laughs> Right, right? right, Very, very different. And so this is not about a kind of episodic situational way of being, right? It, show, it may show up that way, but this is about at the root, at the root, and at the core of the core, who do you want to be? Right. And what do you really believe matters to you, which may be different than what everybody else is telling you is important. Now, let me ask that you this. Courage. It does. It definitely does. So you just mentioned who you want to be. Now, let me ask you this. If who you want to be isn't aligned with who you're destined to be, right? Or, or mm. you know, uh, in regard, and listen, we can get deep. I'm telling you this yeah. topic right here. I'm, listen, I, I'm your girl, Matt. Let's go. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it. Listen, I am a man of God. Like, uh, and yeah. this has nothing to do with, you know, one specific God, right? Whatever anyone believes in here, you know, that's totally cool. But you know, what if who you want to be isn't aligned with who you are destined to be, right? Like that's, that's, yeah, that's the work, right? Because when we start to look at wanting to be something other than the core of who we are, that's about conditioning, right? So I talked about this idea that success being so externally focused because that's the conditioning. But what you're talking about is how do you really align with the source or the soul of who you are, right? which is what I'm in the business of. (laughs) That's why you're here. That's why you're here. You know, and that's that soul conversation, which again, this is where the real courage comes into play because as much as we are powerful and brilliant and capable, we are also very influential. And we have to pay attention to who's in our ear, to what Kool-Aid we're drinking, what conversations we're absorbing, and the degree to which those are actually supporting us in being the most authentic version of ourselves or taking us further away from the truth of who we are, right? So your aspiration, if your aspiration isn't lining up with the truth of who you are, your experience is going to be rocky. Because what will ultimately happen, Matt, is you'll check the boxes and you'll still be miserable. Right. You'll check the boxes and you'll still be like, is that all there is? Right. And we're in a time now where people are checking those boxes at 30. People are checking those boxes. At, you know what I mean? Like, in other words, we've got more millionaires and, and multi, multi-millionaires and even billionaires now, right, in their 30s and 40s than we've ever had in the history right, of our consciousness as a global family and community. So entrepreneurship has taken off in this particular kind of way where now like the sky is the limit. And the challenge is when people get to what is considered to be the mountaintop and they still find that they feel hollow inside, that's where you then have the reckoning of, wait a minute, if this is supposed to be success, then why am I not happy? If this is supposed to be success, then why am I not fulfilled? Right. There's now, a disconnect. I, I 100% agree with that. And that makes me think that people aren't necessarily in love with the journey. They're more so in love with the end result. So what's your opinion on being able to fall in love with the journey, you know, getting to your definition of success and then obviously recalibrating that when you get there, et cetera, et cetera. So 
how do you fall in love with the journey? This is something I'm so curious about because to be honest, for me to sit here and say, I love the journey every single day, I'd be lying. You know, yeah. I don't love the journey every single day. In fact, there's days where my business is uh, maybe losing a client or not closing the amount of clients that I want. And that's just, you know, it's frustrating, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't love those days. You know what I'm saying? So I'm curious, Absolutely. Like, what's, your, what's your take on falling in love with the journey? I mean, I think the first thing is to really understand that your journey is your journey. Right. right? And I say that because we can often compare and compete and feel a sense of envy for wanting somebody else's journey or somebody else's experience, right? Or somebody else's, to your point, somebody else's destination. And I think the, the way that I have personally learned how to fall in love with my journey is to recognize that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And if I'm awake and if I'm aware and if I'm present, I'm getting the lessons and I'm getting the blessings. And I understand that every day that I show up, whether I take a knock or whether I take a win, I am becoming stronger, clearer, focused, more powerful, more capable at being who I am supposed to be, right? And that if I stay in that journey and am committed to that journey, then the success, the true fulfillment, the true happiness is inevitable, even if the destination doesn't look anything like I thought it was going to look. Right. That's huge. That's huge. I love that. So to that point now, you know, you mentioned you and all of us being right where we need to be. So let me ask you this. If, and like I said, I can get so deep on this. I have a million and one questions on this. If someone is in that right position at the right time, all of the time, but they don't feel aligned, are those lessons and blessings and failures and mistakes and road bumps and roadblocks, will they eventually get that person on course to be aligned? Or is there something more that needs to take place? Awareness has to be in play. Right. So whether you're aligned or whether you're not aligned, the thing to cultivate, the capacity to build is your ability to be aware, aware of what is happening, aware of what is happening with you, inside of you, aware of what is happening around you, right? Aware of what is happening through you. And that I come back to the practice. Our ability to slow down, our ability to ask ourselves the deeper, tougher, more important questions than just, you know, what we're going to wear today, right? Or what bar we're going to hook up at, right? It's 6.30 when it's all done, right? Or or 8.30 for those of us who put it in or 9, whatever. You feel what I mean. And so you, you have to be willing to ask yourself some bigger questions in order to begin to develop and build the muscle of being aware. So when you have a win, wow, I had a win. You celebrate, but then you want to ask yourself, what was integral to my win? So you have the opportunity to decode and dissect what was in that win. So you then have the potential to replicate it, right? To reproduce it, right? This is the iteration conversation, right? When you have a fail, when you take a knock, right? And we all know fail is learning if we, if we really understand it and have a context for holding it that way, right? When you take that knock, same thing, decode. What was missing? Where did I miss that? Or what kind of support did I not have that I needed? Or what information? Or what skill? And the more that we're asking ourselves 
about our mindset, about our skill set, about our knowledge set, and about our community, the greater opportunity we have to close the gaps between where we are and where we want to be. I love that. That's huge. Now, what are those deeper and bigger questions that we need to be asking ourselves? Just give us a few. I don't want to, I don't want you to give away everything here, you know, but just a few that, you know, individuals that are listening to can start taking action on. What do I really want? What is really, really, really important to me? And this is an internal question because often when we're defining that, we're defining it based upon what we see externally, the external standard that somebody else has set for us. Right. You know, so from day one, we're trying to prove ourselves to somebody else. So the first thing we got to do is be willing to take that hook out of our mouth and go, what if, what if it's not about impressing? What if it's about understanding? And how do I begin to create a relationship with myself so that I can begin to understand what is really important to me? What enables me to thrive? It's another great question, right? Like, what do I need to win at the things that matter to me, right? Well, I know what matters. What do I need to win at those things that really matter to me? Right. I love that. Listen, I'm having a blast with this conversation, by the way. What are my gifts? What are my gifts? What am I really good at? But here's the thing also with what I'm really good at, right? Because what we also know is a lot of us are good at a lot of things that we don't love to do. Right. We can get trapped there. So it isn't just what am I really good at? It's what do I love to do? And what do I love to share? Right. And it's the combination of the gift and the desire to share that gift that begins to get you on track with your purpose and your calling. I love this. I absolutely love this. You know, we, we were just talking journey. I need to ask you, what led you down this journey? I know that you were born and raised in New York, if I'm not mistaken. Like, mm-hmm. who, what, who were you in high school? I want to know if we were hanging out in high school. I'm curious. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, so, so super quick about me. You know, I am what I call a change of life baby, born into the intersection of civil rights and hip hop. You know, my parents were born in their 20s, in the 1920s, but they had me when they were in their 40s. And, you know, very much for me, the sensibility of community and education and family were deeply ingrained values right on my parents' side. But then I also had within the context of my peer circle, you know, the uh, the genesis of the hip hop movement, which was about creativity, which was about spontaneity, which was about resourcefulness. It was about resilience. And those were, you know, those movements very much shaped me. So I was the kid in high school who was studying hard because I understood that people fought and died for my right to be able to have an education. While at the same time, when I'm at the lunch table, you know, we're banging on the lunchroom table. We're listening to, you know, scratched up mixtapes of Funky Four Plus One More, The Treacherous Three. You know, I mean, this is taking me all the way, right? All the way back to the roots. Um, You know, shout out Evolution of Hip Hop for those of you who have not had that that history. Um, You thank God, you know, you now get to watch it on Netflix. But I very much grew Grew up in that culture and that culture very much shaped and informed me and so in high school you know I was studious um, 
but I was also very much fascinated with what was current and what was happening and what was now. And I, and I get that from my dad, you know, real thirst for knowledge while at the same time, you know, and history while at the same time, very much awake and aware of the times we're in and sensitive to the times we're in. And, and I for sure feel like I, I was that kid in school. <laughs> Right. I love that. So let me ask you, what led you down this journey of, you know, being an entrepreneurial soul coach and, and things of that nature, being a, you know, a best-selling author and, you know, everything else that you have going on? I mean, I came to my purpose and my calling kicking and screaming. And I think that this is part of why this is my work is because I understand how hard it can be to say yes to what really matters and what's really important when the rest of the world doesn't necessarily reflect that. The rest of the world doesn't seem like they value that, right? right. And so, you know, for, for all of us who are trying to carve our own path and be our own person, you know, for me, it was a long time coming. I was very resistant to to it. I was very afraid to step outside of the box, you know, for all of the reasons that we can imagine, you know, and I talk about this, Matt, in the book, you know, the three concerns I address when, you know, you ask people, why are you not pursuing your passion? You know, the first question we often ask is like, who am I? Who am I to deserve this? Who am I to think I'm capable of it? Who am I to think I'm worthy of it? The second question we ask, how am I going to eat? How do I feed my family? How do I pay my rent? Right? Because we've right. often been taught you do what you love over here, but then you got to go do what you got to do to make money. And we believe and have been conditioned to believe that you have to trade. And I was that person. And so for many, many years, I held on steadfastly to this belief that I had to do these other things in order to make a paycheck. And I didn't have time for my path or I didn't have time for my purpose. And I went through a pretty traumatic uh, incident and experience. And it was through that incident and that experience that I ultimately finally surrendered to what I was here to do. And it is a matter of surrender. You know, I think a lot of times we knock around and, you know, we fight and we struggle and <laughs> you know what I mean? Because some of us come out, you know, from day one, we know what we're here to do and we're on that path. But for a lot of people, we flounder, we struggle, we try a bunch of things, you know what I mean? We feel a bunch of things out. Um, but for me, it took being shot at at point blank range to finally get that I had to stop running and I had to stop hiding and I had to surrender and be willing to do the work required to get to my authentic self, to get to my highest contribution, and then be willing to pursue that contribution full out. Fuck. So you were shot at at point blank range. What yeah. was that experience like? Now, um, I, I don't want to imagine it um, for, for anyone, you know, um, what came about in that situation? Like what, what, I know obviously you're, you're mentioning like the, this huge drastic change where you surrendered, but like walk me through that a little bit. Yeah. I was coming home, um, in the evening and, you know, living in Brooklyn at the time. And I was walking into down my block and into my gate in the front of my, my brownstone. And, and I, at the time, was living in a brownstone that had been in my family for many, many generations. Um, shout out Best Eye. 
And <laughs> I was, you know, coming through the gate and a guy pulled up on the bike and I had like my Walkman on, goes to show you how long ago it was. I had my Walkman on. I kind of took my Walkman off. He was asking me where uh, the Johnsons were. And, you know, again, it was a tight knit community and block. I was like, Johnsons, I don't, you know, sort of looking up at my head. I was like, I don't know any Johnsons. And when I looked down, he was pointing a gun at me. Oh, and he was like, give me your money. And literally, I went to open my mouth and, and actually moved towards him. And a beam of energy came down through the crown of my head, all the way down through the soles of my feet and planted me in place. And my mouth opened. And what came out was, I don't have anything for you, brother. I don't have anything for you. And he said, I'm going to shoot you. And I said, I don't have anything for, and before I could finish the sentence, he, he fired. And I saw the light flash. I heard that, you know, that crackling pop, the, the bullet leaving the chamber. I saw the smoke come out the end of the gun, but I can't tell you where the bullet went. And he shot again, he shot again, and he shot again, and he went to shoot again, and the, and the gun jammed. And he was as shocked as I was because we both know he, you know what I mean? Like there was no quote unquote logical reason for me to still be standing. And he jumped on his bike through, you know, through a thread over his shoulder and, 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 you know, shot down the street. And, um, and I stood there and, 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 you know, finally felt this veil of energy lift and then, of course, you know, I, I freaked out. You know, I did all of the things that normally one would do. Right. Um, but I was very clear and, you know, that I, spirit had protected me, you know, and I say that and I'm, and I'm very mad, you know, I'm very forthright. This is part of the authenticity piece. I'm very forthright about my relationship to source, you know, energy, whatever we want to call it, God, universe, source, creativity, love, however you want to name it. I believe that we co-create with an energy that supports and protects and guides us. And our opportunity in life is if we really want the fulfillment, if we really want the true definition of success, our opportunity is to work in collaboration with that guidance and to work in collaboration with that force. And so for me, that message was so clear. It was time to, time, to, time to take your purpose, time to move towards your purpose. And either right. you're going to do this work or we're going to bring you, we're going to take you out, we'll reincarnate you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and we'll start over. Um, and I heard it. And, and that was the moment of surrender for me. That was the moment of surrender for me. Wow. So let me ask you this. It's actually been a rather popular topic in 2020 here on the show. Multiple individuals have come on and discussed instances where, or experiences, I really should say, where they kind of hit quote unquote rock bottom. Right. Mm -hmm. And the, I use that term loosely just for a lack of better term um, in regards to a situation or an experience just like yours where, you know, life made them change in a way, you know? Mm -hmm. So my question is, do we really need to get to that point to make the change, you know? And I'll give you an example, a really good friend of mine. It's funny. He's from Brooklyn as well. He 
was diagnosed with, uh, I forget which type of diabetes. I, I think it was type two, something of that nature. And basically his blood sugar was crazy. His um, cholesterol was crazy. Like the, the nurse literally said to him, I don't even know how you got into the hospital in an Uber. Like there's no way you should have got here without being in an ambulance. Hmm. And he drastically changed his life after that in regards to his health, you know, physically, um, dietary wise, things of that, that nature. So do we really need to experience it on that type of level to make these changes? We don't have to. However, most of us, it's the journey. And it has to do with the conditioning. It has to do with the noise, all of the ways that we are distracted from listening to that inner voice. Because when that inner voice comes, you know, it comes gently the first time. Then the second time, the knock is a little bit more intentional. (laughs) Then the third time, you know, the fist might be pounding on the door. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? In other words, I believe it keeps coming until we get the lesson. So for those of us who are hardheaded, <laughs> right, it, it takes a little longer, you know, but it doesn't have to be that way. I don't believe it has to be that way, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's crazy. It, it, I guess it all boils down to like our level of resistance to, to the lessons and the signs. And it's just like, I mean, I, I was super resistant and I'll give you a perfect example. Recently I was, and it's so crazy how this works, but I lost my quote unquote underdog advantage. Now, what I mean by that, it's a coined phrase by this gentleman, Dean Graciosi. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. He's amazing. Yeah, I know Dean. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he phenomenal. Amazing. He's amazing to say the least. And, you know, I've had multiple conversations with him over the past few months. And I realized over the last year, as I was just alluding to before we started recording this episode, when I left my job with Damon, I thought I still had my underdog advantage, but I got super comfortable in external factors that were kind of juicing me up and providing a high for a short amount of time, which made me think I was still on top of the world when I really wasn't because I wasn't hustling the way that I needed to be hustling. And I say hustling just again, lack of a better term here. But basically, I was given a sign which made me realize that um, I wasn't getting after my goals. I wasn't, you know, doing what I needed to be doing. Like, it it was insane, insane. And I'm, you know, this conversation is really hitting home for me, because uh, it's, it's so damn true. So again, I, I really appreciate all of this. Yeah, so welcome. We have to learn how to listen. Right. Right. That's huge. That's absolutely huge. So, Rot, let's talk about the book. Let's talk about The Calling, Stay True, Get Paid, Do Good. Walk me through that title, first and foremost. Yeah. So, obviously, it's about finding your path. And, you know, being a soul coach, because sometimes I get this question, like, well, what does it mean that you're a soul coach? It means that my job is to get to the heart of the matter. Who are you? Why are you here? What are you here to do? And how can I help you do it in a way that is authentic, in a way that is profitable, and in a way that is impactful for our planet and our humankind? That is the work that I do. And so this book represents 30 years of sitting on the front lines of our humanity and observing what happens when people cross the threshold and when people don't cross the threshold. A lot of us walk up to the threshold of our passion, our purpose, and then we back away. Some of us cross over and then we cross back. You know what I mean? In other words, the journey looks different for every single one of us. Some of us never get there, right? And we die with the regret. 
there is a book by a woman by the name of Bronnie Haver called The Five Lessons or The Five uh, Insights Before Dying. And she talks about the top five regrets that people have before dying. And the number one regret that people have before dying is that they, they were not true to themselves. They did wow. not live their life. They lived life by everybody else's terms, everybody else's conditions. This book is designed to help you take your life back. This book is designed to, if you are forging your life, to forge your life in a way that is authentic. So for some of us, we need to take it back. For others of us, we're just on the journey. And it really is about providing that guidance. So the first part is about understanding and recognizing that every single one of us has a calling. Every single one of us are called every single day. And, you know, the big C is about your purpose in life. And the little C is about how you are called in each moment to get on track and get in alignment with that, right? The three fundamental shifts, stay true, is about the authenticity. How do you become and get to the truth of who you are? How do you really understand what's important and what matters? The get paid is how do you recognize what it is that you have to bring and offer to the world? And what is the way that you want to be of service in the world? And how do you orchestrate and organize and offer those gifts to the world in a way that enables you to connect with the people who you are here to serve in whatever way shape or form that that takes. The third aspect and the third shift is about doing good, which is about impact. This is about the world we want to see, the world we want to live in, and how do each of us every single day do our work in a way that contributes to the kind of world we want to see and contributes to the kind of people that we want to be. And so this is the guide book. This is the blueprint. This is the step-by-step journey for how to get there. And in in the book, I give you 40 stories so that it isn't just the theory and it isn't just the exercises, but it's also the story. So you get to see what does it look like in the life of a divorcee with three young kids? What does it look like in the life of a yoga teacher? What does it look like in the life of a young artist, right? Hip hop hustler, what does it look like? So you get to see it and ideally you get to see yourself through the stories and the journeys of all of the people who've who've done this work. That is incredibly powerful to say the least. So let me ask you this, why write this book now at this point in your journey? It was just time, you know, and and this was a question that I had gotten a lot over the years. You know, when are you going to write a book? Are you going to write a book? And it never just felt like the time, the right time, Matt. And I think it had to do with wanting to live more. I think it also had to do with wanting to prove my philosophy. You know, there's something about having a theory and having an idea. And there's another thing about battle testing and road testing. What you have in your hands in the book is 30 years on the concrete battle tested, produced results over and 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 over again in the lives of thousands of people. And I couldn't write that book 20 years ago. I don't think, you know what I mean? I also think it's timely because we're in a moment now where people understand that the game is up for grabs, meaning that we are redefining economy and culture at hyper warp speed in real time. What we had in terms of five years ago was very different than what we have today. And success 
true success is available to everybody. You know, so you literally have seven and eight-year-olds launching companies now (laughs) with clear visions, right, for what they want to bring to the market. We're in such an incredible time. And I think people are questioning, what is my role? What is my path in all of this? What's my place in all of this? And they're wanting to define it for themselves as opposed to have it handed to them. You know, I call this the age of the citizen because I believe that people are far more preoccupied with wanting to make their own contribution right now than they are with wanting to idolize and deify what somebody else is doing. Right. It's shifted. It's most definitely shifted. It's funny. I'm putting out a a piece on LinkedIn about that today, something along those lines, which is really interesting. But you bring up a question that you were consistently getting. So I'm curious, I asked you a bunch of questions today, but what's a question you wish more people would ask you and how would you answer it? What is it really going to take for me to surrender? I love that. So what's the answer to it? What, what does it really take? Letting go, being willing to let go of being right being willing to let go of everything you thought about how it's supposed to be and how it should go. There may be things along the way that you will reclaim, but until you're willing to let everything go, very little is possible. Right, right. Now, you use a word that is really overlooked in in what I believe today's day and age. And the word is willing, right? Like we need willingness in our lives. Otherwise, nothing's going to change. I actually just put out a video on this, like once the new year struck, because a lot of individuals talk about wanting change. Hey, I'm, I'm one of them, you know, so I'm guilty of this myself. You know, we, we say we want change. We say we want, you know, um, new, new types of habits in our lives. But at the end of the day, they might last three days, seven days, maybe a month. And then next thing you know, they're gone. It's because our willingness really isn't there. Right. Do you agree with that? Yeah. And, and the understanding that it is a practice. So along with the willingness, there needs to be a patience, which is the really hard part. Right. Right. Because we're willing for five minutes, right? It's exactly what you're saying. Exactly. There has to be patience. <laughs> you know, we look at the person who is great and we think like, oh, that was too weak. You know, we, we finally, you know, we've, we've broken open that conversation a little bit with the 10,000 hours, right? Shout out Malcolm Gladwell and outliers. We've broken open that a little bit like, oh, okay, I got to put 10,000 hours in, right? But a lot of the people who we, who we uh, admire, they've been at their craft for a long, long time. And they were toiling in the dark and in the shadows long before anybody ever knew who they were. You know, and I think this um, reverence for practicum is something that we need to develop and something that we need to strengthen. You know, uh, I talk about discipline in the book. I talk about practice in the book. I talk about devotion and the relationship that really the discipline is, a, is developed over time. It's a practice. You don't wake up one morning and have discipline. 
Right. <laughs> you understand what I mean? You have to practice discipline. And some days you show up exactly the way you want to show up and other ways you don't. But the key is, can you get up the next morning or can you get up the next hour? Or can you get up the next minute and realign with your commitment over and over and over and over and over and over and over again? You know, and that's where you develop the muscle. That's where you develop the strength. That's where you develop the capacity. You know, you have to practice devotionally the things that matter to you, the things that will get you to the things that are important to you. And it's all about the practice. And that's where you get to love the journey is if you can be devoted to the practices that strengthen you that enliven you, that expand your capacity to be able to achieve the things you want to achieve. That is huge. I love that. I absolutely love that. So getting back to the book, let me ask you this. If an individual that reads it can only take away one thing from it, like literally just one thing. And sometimes that happens regardless because, hey, I mean, there's so much amazing information and um, I'm I'm speaking from experience. It's hard for me to retain all of it. So if I could only walk away from reading your book with one thing, what do you want that one thing to be and why? It's your life. And you get to take responsibility for it. And that is the good news and that is the tough news. Right. But if you do... You can't even imagine what's available to you. You know, I, if somebody told me I would be living this life, Matt, even 10 years ago, I wouldn't have believed them. That I could be me, that I could do exactly what I believe I was designed and built to do, and that I could have the kind of impact that I'm humbly able to have. It humbles me, right? There's no cockiness in this. It humbles me because I know that the only difference between me and someone else who may be still struggling or trying to find their way is the willingness to surrender and take responsibility for our creative gifts and our capacity and ability to shape and mold the life of our own desire and of our own making. Right. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. I'm really excited for this book, by the way, and I'm going to make sure that the link to get the book is in the show notes of this episode, amongst other things, which we're going to get into in a little bit. But I want to respect your time here, Ross. So I have a couple more questions for you. We always end the show with just three questions. And these three questions, first one being, you've given plenty of advice thus far, which we're really grateful for. But I'm curious, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Be you and be willing to be you no matter what. That's powerful. It's tough, you know, in today's day and age, we, we've alluded to it multiple times. We're influenced by outside forces left and right. Um, you know, you're on Instagram, you, you want to be that flashy entrepreneur. Like um, it, it happens. It definitely happens. But that right there is, is super powerful. So let me ask you the reverse of that question. What's a piece of advice that you were given that you didn't want to hear at the time it was given to you, but proved to be true over time? Patience. <laughs> is a virtue. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> Patience is a virtue. Right, right, right. Now, why was that given to you? Why do you feel like that was given to you in the moment it was given to you? Oh, I wanted to move fast. I wanted to do everything tomorrow. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be everything. I wanted to do everything. I wanted to have everything. I wanted to be everything to everybody all of the time. Um, and I had to learn how to stop. Right. And listen and allow the clarity, you know, because again, uh, we have very little patience for the the clarity we have very little patience for the wisdom and so you know someone told me once said to me god is patient you know she'll wait for you to slow down <laughs> so you can go rip in the streets if you want right <laughs> when you're tired when you're ready to listen <laughs> you know she'll be right there and it's that that kind of patience you know patience is not only a virtue patience is a source of power you know, there is a there is a steady wins the race kind of way of being that um, is often underrated, but incredibly valuable. Yeah, that's insanely powerful. And listen, at the end of the day, we're often told to move with speed. And I'm not going to make an excuse for you and I, but we're both from New York and we know how damn quick things move over here. You know, so um, that actually came up in another episode as well. It's like our environment also has a an impact on the way we move and the way we do things and the way we move about our, you know, daily lives. So um, I, I totally understand that. And patience is most definitely a virtue. So thank you for sharing that. But last question for you, Rob, if you could only give one piece of universal advice for the rest of your life, what is that piece of advice? Listen, listen, just listen, like slow down and just start to listen. I love that. That is huge. That is huge. I definitely appreciate you sharing your three pieces of advice in that sense. So I want to make sure that people are staying connected with you after this episode. Our community of listeners loves to connect and I'm going to have all of your social links and all that good stuff in the show notes of this episode. But let me ask you, where do you hang out the most on social? Is it Instagram or Twitter, et cetera? Instagram these days. It's interesting because I'm an introvert <laughs> uh. <laughs> who has a very extroverted reality in terms of my calling. But, you know, when I'm not usually working, I'm, you know, I'm very, very quiet. I'm very insular. And it's interesting Matt, in that as I get more seasoned, um, I find that I need more and more quiet. Uh, but I love IG and the, the, for me, the imagery and the wisdom, you know, the people that I have the, the privilege of interacting with and engaging with through that medium. Um, there's just a lot of, of beauty and depth and wisdom and, and, and thoughtfulness um, that I often see being shared through that stream. Um, and then I, I would say probably my second right now is Facebook because I, I do Facebook lives. It's my way to be in community. And, and I love being in community and being of service in that way. So. I love that. Awesome. I'm going to make sure that all of the, as mentioned, you know, all the social links are in the show notes where everyone can get the book is going to be in the show notes. But listen, I very much so appreciate this conversation. I'm really, really grateful for the opportunity to be able to amplify this nonetheless. So Rod, thank you again for joining us. Thank you so much, Matt. It's my pleasure. And thank you for the questions. This is an incredible conversation for me as well. 
And there it is from Ra Goddess herself. Value, value, value. Make sure you are connecting with her on social. If you want to pick up her book, you can do so. Connecting on social, the book, all that good stuff, website, everything is in the show notes of this episode. If you found the value in this episode to be valuable. I want you to make sure you are sharing this. As I mentioned earlier in the episode, way, way, way in the beginning, I urge you to share this because this is the work that we need to be doing, right? And this is the time we need to be doing it, right? During a quarantine, when we are by ourselves, when we may be a little bit isolated from our loved ones, we need to get in touch with who we are. And this right here is the blueprint to how you can do so. There's so many experiences and stories and all of the value within, all of it needs to be shared. So again, I I want to urge you to do that. Make sure you're connecting with Ra on social. Check out her website. Check out the book. It's a great book nonetheless. And as always, I have my pad here with three points that resonated with me the most. The first one being, you can never compare yourself to anyone unless you are willing to deal with everything that person has to deal with, both the good and the bad, right? And hey, I'm guilty of this myself. I catch myself every now and then comparing myself to my friends that may be in corporate still after I took that leap of faith. And I'm like, you know what, in a quarantine, I wish I did have that guaranteed check that I don't have to work for per se every single day, like prospecting, landing clients, etc. right? I would like that, but we can't compare ourselves unless we are willing to deal with everything that person deals with. Again, both the good and the bad. Secondly, the tongue in your shoe needs to match the one in your mouth, meaning you need to walk the walk that you're talking, right? You, you can't just talk it, you need to walk it. And oftentimes, especially in this age, this day and age that we're in, we can find ourselves seeing people and following people that are just talking it and not necessarily walking it. And I just wanted to point that out because that, I mean, granted, it sounds phenomenal nonetheless, like that sounds freaking amazing, but also because there's a lot of meaning behind that. And lastly, number three, the power of listening. And I think this goes hand in hand with why I'm urging you to share this, because it's one thing to listen to other people and comprehend and communicate and, and things of that nature. But we also need to listen to ourselves. What are we telling ourselves daily? What is our body telling ourselves? What are our thoughts telling ourselves? Right. These are the things that we need to pay attention to daily. And when you're able to identify it, hey, I'm not saying carry a pad around with you and write it down. If you want to go that hard, you can. And I'm sure that you'll have massive breakthroughs when you realize what you're thinking about daily and what you're doing daily, etc. But we need to continue to listen to ourselves. We need to get in tune with who we are. So again, I want to give you these three points. Number one, you can never compare yourself unless you're willing to deal with everything, both the good and the bad. The person you're comparing yourself to deals with daily. Number two, the tongue in your shoe needs to match the tongue in your mouth. And number three, the power of listening. You need to make sure that you are listening to yourself in all different regards. So again, make sure you're connecting with Ra through the show notes of this episode, her website, her book, her social links are all there. Make sure you're sharing this episode. Leave a rating and review if you're tuned in from Apple iTunes and you haven't yet. And until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.